Good morning. Make room, NFL. Loudon could soon be home to another pro sports team. For Thursday, December 21st, it's your Loudon Now Morning Minute. You and thousands of other people listen to the Morning Minute every day. It's trusted, it's personal, and you take it with you wherever you go. So if you've got a business, why not advertise on the Morning Minute and reach the thousands of people listening right alongside you wherever they are? Get in touch at loudonnow.com advertise or email us at sales at loudonnow.com. That's loudonnow.com advertise or sales at loudonnow.com. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rince Green. The Loudoun County Board of Supervisors will be considering an agreement to open offices and a training facility here in Loudoun for DC United. The agreement would also set up a men's professional second division team here. If it's approved, those operations would be located at Philip A. Bolin Memorial Park, south of Leesburg. The facility would employ about 50 people. It would also be where the team would build a training facility for its first team players, second division players, youth development program, and offices to house business operations. The second division team would play in a new, approximately 5,000-seat stadium on the west side of Bolin Park and would play a 30-game season with 15 home games. Dulles Supervisor Matt Letourneau said these talks have been going on for several years. Some of the terms in the proposed Memorandum of Understanding, the county will provide land for the facilities and approximately $15 million in financing for construction of the fields, offices, training facility, and stadium. The county will clear land at its expense for parking lots, which the county can operate as paid lots for stadium events and for park and ride. Four soccer fields will be built next to the facility, two of which will be team practice fields and the other two of which will be shared with the county. The county will have the use of the stadium for other purposes like college sports and concerts, and the team will make regular lease payments to the county to fully offset any debt payments incurred as part of the financing package. Latrono said it's a win because the team will be repaying the county for the cost of building the facility. Dave Casper, D.C. United's general manager and vice president of soccer operations, said they've been very pleased with the conversation they've had with Loudoun officials. The Board of Supervisors will take this up at its meeting January 10th. The details should be coming out today, so check back with us for more. You can go to loudonnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story. In other news, a Leesburg microbrewer is hoping he can get the town council to see the merits of letting food trucks into downtown. Phil Fust, the owner of Loudon Brewing Company, says he plans to invite Leesburg town council members to his brewery on East Market Street on Saturday, the last day he'll be having a food truck for the foreseeable future. In November, the council passed measures to allow food trucks in some districts of the town on both public rights-of-way and private property. They did not do the same in the town's business districts, which includes the downtown historic district. Leesburg's downtown microbreweries have been particularly outspoken about letting food trucks onto their private property downtown. Many of them have been hosting food trucks on weekends to give people something to go with the brews. But a majority of council members said they were concerned about the potential impact on brick-and-mortar restaurants. And town manager Kai Dentler said town staff will now begin enforcing the food truck prohibition.
Fust said he's bracing to feel the financial impact of that decision on his business. He's invited council members to come by starting 5 p.m. Saturday, hoping to show them that having a food truck downtown maybe isn't such a bad thing after all. He'll also be collecting signatures from people in favor of letting food trucks downtown and asking them to put down whether they live in town, hoping to show the council that he's bringing money into Leesburg from outside of town. Fust over at Loudon Brink Company and other people affected by the decision are hopeful that whoever wins the town council seat special election in February can tip the scales in favor of food trucks. Congresswoman Barbara Comstock has repeated her support for the Republican bill formerly known as the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, voting twice more to send it to the president's desk. The extra vote was necessary because parts of the bill were found to violate procedural rules in the Senate, requiring a few more last-minute revisions. One of those changes was because the Senate parliamentarian found the short name of the bill was out of order. Congressional Republicans have rushed to get the tax bill passed, using budget reconciliation rules to pass the bill with a simple majority and no Democratic votes. The 494-page bill was only introduced in the House on November 2nd, and the House began voting on the final version of the bill Tuesday, only days after it emerged from conference committee on December 15th. The first version of the bill in the House, which Comstock also supported, raised concerns across Loudoun and the region for its impact on local taxpayers, especially people who itemize their deductions. The bill caps the state and local tax deduction, a provision that lets taxpayers avoid being taxed by the federal government on money they have already paid out to state and local governments. That raised concerns across the political spectrum on what effect the tax bill would have in high-income, high-tax areas like the Northern Virginia region. House Republicans in New York, New Jersey, and California opposed the bill. According to the Government Finance Officers Association, in 2015, 49% of federal tax filers in the 10th Congressional District claimed the state and local tax deduction, above the national average of around 30%. In total, 10th District taxpayers deducted $3.39 billion in state and local taxes. The final version of the tax bill retains the state and local tax deduction but caps it at $10,000, including either sales tax or property and income taxes. That leaves the 10th district coming up short, where the average state and local tax deduction among those who took it in 2015 was $13,562. Comstock said she'd like to move that cap up. She pointed out it also nearly doubles the standard deduction up to $12,000 for single filers and $18,000 for heads of household. The bill provides the biggest benefits to corporations and the very wealthiest people who would see larger tax cuts than poor and middle-income people. According to analysis by the Nonpartisan Tax Policy Center, in the short term, almost everyone would break even or see a tax cut under the plan. The biggest cuts go to people with the highest incomes. In 2018, 20% of the total benefit of the tax change would go to the top 1% of earners. And while the tax cuts for corporations are permanent, most of the tax cuts for people expire in 2025. According to the Tax Policy Center again, in 2025, the top 1% of earners will enjoy a quarter of the benefit of the tax changes. In 2027, they will enjoy 83% of the benefit. The center estimates, compared to current law, 53% of taxpayers will actually be paying higher taxes in 2027. Comstock said she doesn't expect those tax cuts to be allowed to expire. According to the Congressional Budget Office, the bill increases the federal deficit by $1.5 trillion over the next 10 years. If the tax cuts are not allowed to expire, it would grow by an estimated $2 trillion. Comstock said if the bill grows the economy, it won't be such a problem if it also grows the federal deficit. 
Another provision of the bill would repeal the individual mandate of the Affordable Care Act, which requires people to buy insurance or pay a fine. That's meant to keep insurance costs from escalating by keeping healthy people paying into the insurance pool alongside less healthy people. A Republican attempt to repeal the Affordable Care Act collapsed earlier this year. In that case, Comstock said she would vote against the repeal. In a prepared statement released Tuesday, she pointed to a number of other provisions in the bill, including banning businesses from deducting settlements and fees for sexual harassment cases, maintaining deductions for student loan payments and classroom supplies purchased by teachers, which were both eliminated in the previous version of the House bill, and doubling the current exemption for the estate tax, a tax on passing down estates of $5.6 million or more after a person's death. In an interview after the vote, she particularly highlighted for Loudon maintaining the federal historic preservation tax incentives and creating tax incentives for craft brewers, distillers, and wineries for two years, which she said will promote tourism. This marks the first major piece of legislation to clear Congress since President Donald Trump took office in January, despite Republican control of both houses of Congress and the White House. Both of Virginia's senators, Democrats Tim Kaine and Mark Warner, voted against this bill. A Loudoun County Sheriff's deputy was charged yesterday with using the Virginia Criminal Information Network for personal use. Deputy First Class Usman E. Rafi of Ashburn faces two felonies and 60 misdemeanor charges. According to the Sheriff's Office, he was placed on paid administrative leave in September and remains on leave pending the outcome of the case. Detectives began an investigation after being contacted by a federal law enforcement agency. The investigation determined that between May 2014 and November 2016, Rafi used his official position to get information for the sale and resale of used vehicles and used his access to the Virginia Criminal Information Network to assist with the transactions. State Corporation Commission records show that Rafi formed a company, Amphibious Riders LLC, in May 2014. Rafi was originally charged in October with one felony charge of misusing the VCIN database. Yesterday, he was charged with two felony counts of using a computer to gather identifying information, 30 counts of misdemeanor dealer violations, and 30 counts of misdemeanor open title violations. He is a 10-year veteran of the department, completing basic training in 2008 and earning certifications for police motorcycle operations earlier this year. The Philmont Volunteer Fire Department recently donated its 16-year-old fire engine to the Port Aransas Fire Department to help replace a response vehicle damaged during Hurricane Harvey. Chief Rick Pearsall and Assistant Chief Pete West drove the engine to the Texas coastal city, covering 1,600 miles in 27 hours. And that boil water advisory in Leesburg was lifted yesterday, just FYI. Get the full story on this and all these stories over at loudonnow.com. On today's calendar, Potomac Falls Health and Rehabilitation Center in Sterling offers a monthly bereavement support group, and it's tonight from 6 to 7.30 p.m. Get the details on this event and check out the rest of the event's calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, pass notes in class to tell all your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and it'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, have a great day.